0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. So if you want to turn with me to John chapter 8, uh, verse 1 through 11. John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. We're reading out of the Passion's Translation tonight. And... um, if, y- if y'all don't have y'all's Bible, y'all can turn to the screens and follow along with me. I reads this. Jesus walked upon the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. And then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again, and soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. He said he sat with them and taught them. It didn't say that Jesus stood over them and scolded them, right? It didn't say that Jesus forced his theology upon these people, it says that Jesus sat with them, went to their level, went to where they were at, and taught them. Who's thankful that we have a Savior on the inside of us that doesn't just look down at us, but he goes to where we're at, amen? Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. Then they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the very acts of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us. What do you say we should do with her? They were only testing Jesus because they had hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the laws of Moses. So the the Pharisees' plan was this, was that if they can uh, trick Jesus into condemning this woman, then they can bring Jesus to the Roman officials and try to get him arrested. Because during that time, uh, Israel was under Roman law. And so a Jewish or is, Israelite cannot um, murder or, or, or kill somebody or, or put somebody to death without first permission from the Roman officials. But on the flip side, if, if Jesus didn't condemn this woman, then they could have accused, accused Jesus of breaking the laws of Moses and in turn all his fellow Jews against him. So the, so the Pharisees really thought that they had Jesus um, trapped. They really thought they, they had Jesus beat. They really thought that they had him tricked. But I, I love how Jesus responds. It says, but Jesus didn't answer them. Did you know that you don't have to answer a lie you don't have to answer a threat. You don't have to answer these doubts and fears that the enemy tries to throw at you throughout your day. Did you know you don't even have to answer those? Did you know that if you know what is truth and what is lie, and if you know that the enemy's trying to convince you of a lie, you don't even have to give that lie the time of day? Did you know that? It says that Jesus didn't even answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Angry they kept insisting that he answered their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at him and said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone. Mic drop, right? Jesus has a lot of mic drop moments, but this is one of my favorite ones. It says, then he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. Upon hearing that, Her accuser slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest with a convicted conscience. I think that the older people began to drop their stones first because the longer you live, the more time you have to realize how imperfect you are, right? The longer you live, the more you realize, uh, you know, how many mistakes you made and how many things you've done wrong. And so that if, if you were to get what you deserved, you wouldn't want that option either. I believe that's why, starting from the older to the youngest, they begin to drop their stones. Verse 10, it says, Until finally, Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. And Jesus said, Then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go. Go. And from now on, be free from a life of sin. Usually during this time of my message, I would, I would tell you all the title, but we're going to do things a little different tonight. And I'm going to tell you all the title about halfway through. Um, but we are going to pray. We are going to pray over service. So um, bow your heads with me as we pray over service. Father, we just hand this service over to you. Uh, Father, we, we have no motives other than trying to get closer and getting to know your son more. So, Father, we unleash love tonight. We unleash peace tonight. Father, we thank you that your spirit is penetrating our minds, penetrating our hearts. That way, Father, we can feel what, feel what you're trying to communicate to us tonight. Jesus, take over the service. We thank you, Father, for miracle signs and wonders taking place tonight. And, Father, most of all, we thank you that people are going to leave free from some things tonight love you Jesus in the name of Jesus and everybody says amen 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 Uh, so um, well first of all who who enjoyed and loved uh, this past Sunday's message from Pastor Bobby wasn't that an awesome message Uh, Pastor Bobby um, if you don't know he he talked about culture he talked about culture and it was an awesome message about the culture we need to live Um, And, you know, before that Sunday, because I actually put this message together, you know, last week, and I had no idea uh, that he was going to speak on culture when I was writing this message. And so we're going to be talking about culture again tonight, um, but we're going to be talking about um, a new trend culture that's been taking over, um, you know, America a little bit, or a new kind of phenomenon culture. And it's a culture that some of us are familiar with or, or know of, or some don't, and it's called cancel culture, cancer culture. Um, some of y'all might know what that is, some of y'all might not. If y'all don't know what it is, I'll, I'll explain. So cancel culture occurs mostly on social media, but cancel culture is a condemning culture where a group of people shame an individual based on uh, past or current mistakes. And so usually what happens is a person finds out, um, and it usually happens to public... Figures, actors, celebrities, um, people with a following. What happens is that somebody finds that they a mistake that they either committed in the past or in the present, and they call them out on it, and they try to gather people together to call them out on it and to shame them publicly into giving up their titles or into giving up their lifestyle or giving up whatever position they hold. And they say, "Hey, this person committed this, you know, offense." committed this mistake and so they say hey we need to cancel them and it's called cancel culture and you might see that um, happen on social media and so a lot of people have lost their jobs have lost their marriages have lost friends all because of this phenomenon or this trend of cancel culture but cancer culture is actually not new we actually just read about cancel culture because john or jesus was actually dealing with cancel culture in john chapter 8 and there's some familiarities and similarities between the cancer culture that we know and what happens in John chapter 8. And so these Pharisees or these religious leaders, right, we, we read that he, they take this woman um, who, who was caught in the act of committing adultery and they throw her down in front of, group, in front of a crowd of people and they shame her. And they tell them, we need to cancel her, right? Just kind of like what happens on, you know, social media people call out somebody, and they throw them out in the middle of people, in our today's market square or something is is social media, right? That's where we gather now. You know, not, you know, and so they, there's some similarities in that. And so they are both examples of of a group of people shaming an individual, right? These Pharisees gather these group of people to to shame this one woman, and their goal is, 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 is the same, and their goal is that if we can focus on this woman's sin, then we don't even have to acknowledge our own. That's really the goal of it. The goal is, is if, if we can make sure that we make this person's sin loud, then maybe we can make our sins quiet. And so that's, what, that's the, the failure or, or, the, or the pullback of, of condemning and judging people is that if you spend all your time condemning and judging and pointing out flaws, then you're totally going to miss the flaws that are in your life. That's what it says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 4. It says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't even see past the log in your own eye. See, that's the hope of the enemy is that we can focus so much on the flaws of the others that we totally overlook the flaws of ourselves, the same flaws that keep us unhealthy, the same flaws that keep us unhinged, the same flaws that, that make sure that we don't experience the life that Jesus called us to live. So what happens in the story, right, we read Jesus brings conviction to these people, and so they begin to drop their stones. And they begin to to drop their stones because they begin to realize their own hypocrisy. And that's why when it says in Scripture, and he looks up and all the accusers are gone, he says, dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Because what Jesus was saying, it doesn't matter what anybody says, no man can cancel who you are. Point number one is that no man can cancel what God has called. No man can cancel what God has called. No curse, no condemnation, no trick of the enemy, no lie from your peers, nobody, no people, no people group. Nothing can cancel you because God has called you. As a matter of fact, when when you were purchased by the blood, it says that the debt of our sins were washed away. So if there was something canceled, it was your iniquities. It was your mistakes. It was your fallbacks. It was the things that make you feel bad about yourself. There's one thing that's been canceled. It's those things. And so that's what Jesus is revealing to this woman. And some some of us, right, we can't not only do, can we not let other people, not only can we not let social media or people groups or our peers try to condemn us. We can't not even let our own selves try to condemn us, because some of us get in the habit of even just canceling ourselves. And some of us might even have canceled some some dreams, some desires. Um, some pursuits in our lives because we made a mistake at one time or another and then we convinced ourselves that because we made this mistake then we're not good enough to complete this task and, and we step back from what we feel like we need to do because we messed up or the enemy tries to convince us that if we make a mistake then you are a mistake and we get this caught, this, this lie caught in our head but the thing about the, the, the enemy is that he may be able to plant those seeds of doubts, those seeds of unbelief and insecurities, but we're the ones to make them grow. All, all the enemy can do is plant those thoughts, right? He can't make them grow. <laughs> doubts, fear, anxiety, and self and self condemnation—all these things are conceived of the enemy, but they're con- they're cultivated by us. What I'm trying to say is that when when a thought of of fear, when a thought of doubt. When a thought of these insecurities come into your mind, if you do not choose to kick them out, if you do not choose to say, hey, I see that this is a lie, and I'm not going to allow it stay in my mind, if you don't do that, if you don't choose to do that, then what you do is you let those seeds take root, and you let those seeds grow, and you let that doubt grow in your mind. And before you know it, you have strongholds in your mind. You have these strongholds of doubt and fear, and and you are imprisoned by things that, that, that you could have easily just gotten rid of. See, that doesn't happen suddenly, but that happens slowly. And so after all her accusers left, it says in verse 11, that it says, looking around, she said, I see no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, then I certainly don't condemn you either. And he said, go. And from now on, live or live live free from a life of sin. So how do we combat cancel culture? Like how do we combat that? How do we combat Jesus' stereo? How do we combat cancel culture? Say that the you know, title for tonight's message is candle culture. Candle culture. You see, this is you, and then when you make a mistake, when you make a mistake, the enemy tries to tell you, right, you made a mistake, throw out the whole candle, right? You made a mistake, you didn't do what's right, toss it to the side, right? That's what the enemy tries to tell us. Or you made a mistake trying to be a good mom, you might as well just give up on trying to be a good parent because you're messed up and you're broken. Or, or, or you made a mistake trying to be a good business leader, trying to be a good businessman. You made that mistake, so you might as well just give up on trying to even own your own business because all of a sudden you're not qualified. And so that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries just to throw you out as soon as your light goes out. The enemy will try to cancel us, not because of, of who we are, because of what we've done. But when somebody's light goes out, Right? You don't cancel the whole person. When, when a candle's light goes out, you don't, you, don't, you don't throw out the whole candle, right? Right? You light it up again. Right? And I was thinking, that's what, what Jesus was doing to that woman. Right? That's what Jesus was doing to that woman. The, the Pharisees, they were trying to pull her down. They were trying to to pull her down so and they were trying to tear her down but what jesus was doing jesus was trying to bring her up and pick her up and 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 remind her of who she is and not tell her that she's she's wasted but tell her what her identity was and and she looked at, at, at her kind of like we look at this candle and we say what there's still wax on this candle it's not over yet when jesus looks at us right there's still breath in your lungs right there's still blood in your veins There's still a purpose in your life, and God's not through with you yet. See, you are not canceled because of your sin. Your failure cannot contain God's forgiveness. Your mistakes, no matter how big or small, your wrongdoings, no matter how back in the past or or, or if it was five minutes ago or five months ago, it cannot outweigh the goodness and the grace of our God. Amen? (laughs) See, the Pharisees were trying to denounce her for her sins, but Jesus wanted to deliver her from her sins. I mean, I'm going to say that again. The Pharisees were trying to denounce her for her sins, but Jesus wanted to deliver her from her sins. That's why he said, go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin. Right. I mean, that's, that's the power because Jesus, of all people, Jesus, because of his perfection, has every right to denounce us because of our imperfection. He has every right to. He's the only person who has that right, matter of fact. But instead of, of denouncing us, instead of condemning us, it says that he forgave us. He forgave us. And not only that, but he took on the pain that we deserved. He took on the cross that was meant for us. He took on the lies. He took on everything on our behalf. I mean, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? That even when he was on the cross, being crucified, he still looked up to his father and said, forgive these people. Forgive, and he was talking about us, forgive them for they don't even know what they do. Who is a Jesus like that? I mean, who's this Jesus who gave up his life for us? I mean, that's love, right? I mean, who is thankful that we have a Jesus who loves us, who has us secured, who has our names written in the Lamb book of God? And this is Jesus is looking at this woman, and while all these people are looking at her imperfections, Jesus is looking at her and saying, there's still something inside of her. It's not over yet. I know some of us, we can feel like that woman. And we can mess up. And then we can look at ourselves and say, man, it's over. I can never get back to where I was. I can never get back to that place where I once was. I can never get to, to that, that place where I, I, I reach because I, felt, I feel like when I made that mistake, man, I'm never going to get back to that place. And that's what the enemy tries to convince us, saying, hey, don't even bother coming to church. The enemy tries to say, don't even bother trying to, to, to read or, 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 or pray and get closer. Just don't even bother with that because you remember what you did? Remember that mistake you made? You're never, never going to allow to be back to what you once were. And then he tries to keep us in that self-condemnation. He tries to keep us in that place where that woman felt at that moment where my life is over. But Jesus, right? But Jesus. Well, will you all stand with me tonight? I want to close with this scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 10-11 says this. Christ died for us So, that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So, encourage each other and build each other up. I want to close with this thought. Our job as believers is not to imprison people in their failures, but to empower them into their future. Our job is not to take on the role of the Father. Our job is to take on the characteristics of his son. Our role is not to try and tear people down, pick out their flaws, try to divide people, trying to see where their shortcomings are so we can feel better about our olds so That's not our job. Our job as Christians, our job as believers is to try to build each other up. Our job is to say, hey, this person is down. This person is not going through a, is going through a rough time right now. This person feels like they, they're at the end of the rope. And instead of, of, of pushing them off the edge, we need to bring them closer and remind them of who they are. Our job is to do what Jesus did. And instead of following the crowd, he followed his conviction. Instead of following the mob, instead of following what everybody was telling him what to do, he followed what the Holy Spirit was telling him what to do. And we have to follow the same mantra and not throw stones while they're down, but throw our support to pick them back up. Amen. I want us to, before we leave tonight, I want Haley to sing a song. And the question that I want to, what, you know, I want us to ask ourselves, the Holy Spirit to help us with, is who can I lift up? Who can I stand up for? Because we all know those people, we're all put in those situations just like Jesus was where he sees somebody being berated, where he sees somebody being pulled down, where he sees somebody losing their purpose right in front of them. And we have the same choice that he does. We can either throw our stone Show our support. Pick them back up. So I want us to sing a song tonight and throw a circle around ourselves just for a couple minutes and let in the Holy Spirit. And so he can start showing us what we need to do. Show us how we can be a neighbor. Show us how we can follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Because I believe that the, what the world needs is not more of us. It's not more of our falls, more of our condemnation, more of our judging. What this world needs is more of Jesus. Amen. Just, let's just wrap this up in a bow. Let's let the Holy Spirit close this out, and let's pray, and then somebody will step up to close us out. With every head bowed, every eyes closed, Holy Spirit, we thank you that your arms are wrapped around us and that you love us so much. And just like the adulterous woman, there is no mistake, there is no idea, no thought, no doubt that can stop us from receiving your love, Father. And so we thank you that you're building us up in this moment, that you are securing our identity in this moment, and that everybody under the sound of my voice is experiencing your love, is experiencing, Father, your your secureness in who you are. And Father, we thank you you that your Holy Spirit is telling us. How we can go, and how we can how we can lift people up around us. How we can encourage people and remind them of what their identity is, and how we can remind people of who they are in Christ, and not let this world tear down our brothers and sisters anymore, and not let the enemy trick our brothers and sisters anymore. Father, we thank you that you are leading the charge, and that we are just a willing vessel, that we are just your hands and feet. So, Father, we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise, and we thank you that from now on, we're not going to be canceling anybody, we're not going to be condemning anybody, but we're going to be loving them, encouraging them, showing them who they are in Christ, and not letting another fall. So we thank you, Jesus, for sealing tonight. We thank you, Father, for restoring people, that if there's anybody who, who needs a miracle assigned, if there's anybody who needs help. health father that you are securing them right now and we thank you father that your holy spirit is doing what he does best which is turning lives around and transforming them into a better person So we thank you jesus you're so good to us father and we thank you for what you're doing in us and through us father in the name of jesus and everybody says, thank you for listening to today's message if you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend